Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. We're back. We are. Do you have New Year's resolutions? You know, I last year I said I wanted to get knocked out. I didn't end up getting knocked out. <laughs> yeah, you had an exercise plan, which was to take up boxing so somebody would deck you. I mean, I did do like, boxing for a while, and then I kind of fell off. And, I and never nobody up, knocked you out? Nobody knocked me out. Mostly it nobody was like- smacked you in the kisser? It wasn't really sparring. It was more just like getting the technique. That's the thing. All the things that seem like they'd be cool. Like when I was a kid, I really liked Star Wars, and I took like three fencing classes in Philadelphia. And they're like, okay, so we're going to do six months of footwork, and then we'll give you a glove. Why couldn't I have just walked into the gym, and then just someone immediately punches me in the face? (laughs) (laughs) That's a better gym. Okay, you really, you have no New Year's resolutions. No, I don't want to do a resolution this year because I feel like I failed so badly at getting knocked out. What about you? Do you have a New Year's resolution? (sighs) Last year, I think my resolution was to be more confrontational. (laughs) Oh, right. How'd it go? Uh, Let me think for a second if I confronted more people in the last year. What I remember is like a couple weeks ago, I was driving and this guy took my parking spot. Like I was backing into it and he swooped in and took it. And I was like, dude. And he was like, oh, I was looking out my window and I saw this parking spot. I really wanted it. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And I was driving away. I was like, that made no sense. That's great. Great. (laughs) (laughs) You got way more confrontational. Okay. So I guess this year my... My new resolution is to stand up for myself again. <laughs> Wait, actually, I just realized that my last year's year's resolution, that was actually that was actually an old resolution. My last year's one was to engage in less feuds. Oh, right. Yeah. And? How, it did, didn't work out that well. Who are you feuding with? I don't think I should say. No, I think you should. <laughs> no. Okay, so no resolutions, nothing. There's not one thing you want to have in this year. There's not even a self-improvement thing. Zip zero. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. When your personal care routine needs a refresh, Dr. Squatch is here to help. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients that'll have you looking and smelling your best. Like the Bay Rum Soap and Deodorant. It smells delightfully spicy. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or a subscription order by going to drsquatch.com slash Spotify or use the code Spotify at checkout. All right, I have a... This feels... I feel like every time... I just feel like you don't realize it, but you're setting me up. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I'm setting up all you're the just, times. All, I think sometimes I'm setting up. I don't think this time. I'm I know that that's the thing that's so frustrating about it is if I answer this honestly, it's going to be hard for you to resist like making fun of me. Well, let's try. All right. Okay. <laughs> is it to make like an album of synthesizer music? It's it's on that track. Okay. I really want to be able to automate several parameters on mini synthesizers simultaneously <laughs> from one central digital audio workstation so that I can make them all mo- all play autonomously and I can edit the parameters so that the filter moves at a sp- specific time or like the decay changes. Did you steal your resolution from a robot? 
<laughs> MIDI CC is really difficult and I'm trying to learn it. If it makes you happy, I support you. See, I knew it. Like I, I, I if it makes you happy, I support you. You said that after the thing about the robot. <laughs> but it is that is the thing I'm focused on learning this year. If it makes you happy, I support you. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like you have a better chance learning this obscure nerdy thing that I do at changing my personality even one degree. So probably next year we'll we can open the show with some weird synthesizer music and I'll still be feuding non confrontationally with the world. Fair enough. And it's not that it's not that obscure. Uh-huh. All right. Uh before we start the show, mm-hmm. one bit of housekeeping because we've heard from people about this. Yes. We didn't do our year-end extravagance this year. Past, present, future. Past, present, future for anybody who's listening is the end of the year show where we sort of go over updates of episodes that have happened in the past year or several past years. And um, I didn't realize how beloved it was until we didn't do it. Me neither. And as we've said in the past, we don't do it on years that are the beginning of a new decade, but we do it every other year. This is a very convenient lie you've just made up. <laughs> no, we just got busy with the big end of year series, but we're going to do it again next year. And uh, in the next few months, there are some stories that we've reported that have had really interesting developments in them. So we're going to do some updates, even though it won't be in one big end of year extravaganza. We will be looking back a little bit. But we've learned our lesson. We'll do it at the end of the year. Yeah, we're sorry for disappointing you. Okay. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. From Gimlet, this is Reply All. I'm PJ Vogt. And I'm Alex Goldman. Alex yes. Bloomberg. Yes. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. <laughs> ah. Welcome once again to Yes, Yes, No, the segment on the show where our boss, Alex Bloomberg, comes to us with something he doesn't understand from the internet. We do our best to explain it to him, and sometimes we succeed, sometimes we don't. Man, that was the best one you've ever done. Yeah, that was a concise. I find no fault in that explanation. That was amazing. Thanks, guys. Five years in. Five years in. You nailed it. (laughs) Can't just let it be, huh? (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah, so I am... After five years of doing this with you guys, I now understand the internet perfectly, so I no longer have any questions. But sometimes what I do is I send out um, a tweet to my legions and legions and legions of followers. Confused followers. and uh, Confused followers. And I ask them, hey, can I help you <laughs> with, uh, with uh, some answers to some of your questions? And people uh, respond by sending me um sending me tweets that are confusing. Can we just burst this fiction right now that you understand what's going on on the internet? Yes. We can. Okay. Thank you. I don't understand what's going on, on the internet still less now than in the beginning somehow. You know, I, I feel like with... there there was like a there was like a, a steady increase in your understanding of things, and then uh, and, and it like crested and then dropped off really sharply because you like mm-hmm. I don't know because life got in the way. Wait, really? Yeah, I feel like he started understanding stuff more for a minute. Yeah, and then it went away. I feel like you're talking about Alex Bloomberg like he's a child in a developmental phase or something. He wasn't a developmental phase. I was. A developmental I think phase of understanding I think it's, the internet. I think that's you know an what he's like? Metaphor. He's like flowers for Algernon. He got really smart there for a minute. <laughs> now he's now he's up worse off than when he started. Uh, the okay. So here's the tweet. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. It's from Twitter user Dave Jorgensen, verified, and it says the Teen Vogue article is going to come back as Troy Becker. Oh man, this one's really good. Alex Coleman, do you understand this tweet? I'm at exactly 50% comprehension. 
Alex Wilmer, do you understand this tweet? No. PJ Vote, do you understand this tweet? Yes. So we're at yes, 50% now. Yeah, we're at yes, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so this is one of the ones that I sort of like where like I understand every word individually, but together they make no sense. Well, I don't actually understand every word. I understand almost all the words except for the words Troy Becker. Okay. okay. I don't know who that is. Um, and I assumed that was a football player for some reason. I was like, that sounds like a sports sounds name. Like, it does sound like a, it sounds like a sportsman of some kind. It sounds like a quarterback yeah. or it sounds like, uh, like a weird code for Tribeca. Or, <laughs> okay. or the kid who beat you up in high school. Yes, it does sound like the kid who beat me up in high school. Yeah. Um, His name was Phil. Zandy, <laughs> Zandy Crab. Zandy Crab was your bully? Yeah. Wow, Zandy Crab was somebody else's bully. <laughs> yeah. And then he, yeah, that's how low you, you were on the food chain. No, like you were bullied low. by a bully. I was also a nerd who got bullied by slightly more cool nerds. It was so bad. One time I was like standing up to this kid who had been messing with me. And I was like, I was like finally standing up for myself. And then a much cooler kid was there and he just he pulled up a chair and was like, nerd fight. <laughs> That's so mean. It was oh, so mean. God. It's like you can't even be like, even when you're standing up for yourself, when you're taking a stand, you're you're immediately delegitimized by some third party spectator. I know. Oh, that's so brutal. That's awful. All right, the tweet, the tweet. Okay, so Goldman, I'm what 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 is your where where is your fifty percent in this tweet? My fifty percent is the Teen Teen Vogue article. Okay, let's start there. Um, Alex Bloom, are you familiar with like? Do you know the whole thing that like happened to Teen Vogue in the past couple of years? I interviewed for this other podcast that I that I host called Without Fail. I interviewed Elaine Weltroth. Oh, cool! Who is the editor of Teen Vogue? Um, and sort of like oversaw it's sort of like somewhat surprising to many people transition from like, you know, beauty tips and secrets for teens to sort of like cogent political analysis of our current moment. I didn't know you interviewed her. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. that was like that was like the big sort of like post Trump thing was like, yeah, Teen Vogue became sort of like politically progressive and woke. I think a lot of people first were like, this is sort of funny. And they're like, yeah, you're kind of doing a good job. All right. Welcome, Teen Vogue, to like thoughtful, progressive Internet. Right, and then the magazine version got shut down, and like, and they just yeah. became a website. And they became a okay. Website. So you know that, yeah. So this week, Teen Vogue posted an article that had a title like "These Women Are Securing Facebook for the 2020 Election." How it, Facebook is helping ensure the integrity of the 2020 election. How Facebook is helping ensure the integrity of the 2020 election. Subhead with the company's huge platform comes huge responsibility, and. Hmm. Everybody read it and immediately was like, immediately was like, "This is very fishy. This is very puff PC. It feels like sponsored content. It does, and it sounds like a press release. It felt like a press release. It was like a glowing profile of like five women who work at Facebook, and it was just like, you know, in an environment where most people at this point don't feel good about Facebook, particularly when it comes to like safeguarding elections. It was just an article that was just like, Facebook, they're doing a great job. Everybody knows that. Let's talk to them about what a great job they're doing and the great people who are doing a great job there. Who would ever feel a different way? What else would you say in an article like this? And was there any reference to the fact that like Facebook was implicated in a lot of like sort of like trolling and Russian botting and no. like sort of like problems in 2016, any of that stuff? No, it was like the article that Facebook would have written about itself in a world where people had access to no other news sources. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it, it also came... It, <laughs> and had 90-day memories. <laughs> yes, yes. And it also came in a week when a memo was leaked that was written by someone who is pretty high up at Facebook. What is his name? Bosworth. Bosworth. Yeah. Bosworth. His name is something. Just one, I think he's a one name. Bosworth. It's okay. Andrew Bosworth. Yeah, I just Bosworth. I wanted to just be. Bosworth. You want to just be like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like Bosworth. <laughs> Bosworth, fetch my Facebook memo, please. <laughs> a butler who probably did the murder. Uh, so Andrew Bosworth wrote a memo that was meant to be internal and and got leaked. It like just was very mealy mouthed, but essentially said like, we're not we're not going to change anything really we're not going to disallow politicians from lying on our platform we're not going to stop accepting political ads and like the really sort of spectacular admission he made in the memo is like he said do i think that donald trump uh, won his election because of facebook ads yes i do whoa but not because he like cheated not because of cambridge analytica but like yes i think he won because he ran an incredible ad campaign on facebook oh so not because he was lying, but because he was, it was just like... I think the lying probably helped. Right. But like what Bosworth is saying is that like... He's like, they ran an incredible ad campaign. We're not going to do anything about politicians lying on our platform. Like, right, right, right. We're not going to do the thing that they do on the airwaves and they do everywhere else, like where, you know, which is like, you have to, you, you can say things, but you have to say the truth. Right. Got it. Okay. And so it felt weird like one day after that happened for this article to come out about like how great they are at securing the election. Okay. And um, so it went up, right? It went up. It, immediately, a lot of people were like, this looks like sponsored content, but it's not labeled as sponsored content. Like it looks like an ad, but you guys are acting like it's an article. What's going on? Also, the article didn't have a byline on it. Like there's no <gasps> author attached to it. So what happened was it goes up. Cheryl Zandberg from Facebook, she posts about it. She's like, what a lovely article that was written about us by <laughs> Team Folk. I'm so happy with it. This New York Times reporter asked Facebook, like, what is the deal with this? And Facebook says something like, you know, this isn't sponsored content. It's just a great article that happened to be written about us. The problem was Teen Vogue had already put up a thing saying that this was actually sponsored content. Yeah, they like slapped a sponsored content tag on the article. Oh. Then. How long after the article went up? Maybe a few hours? Yeah, a couple okay. hours. Then they took it off. <gasps> Then I think they added a byline and took the byline off. And the byline person was like, I didn't write this. I don't know what you're talking about it. Um, oh, my God. And then finally, by the end of the day, like the article, they just took the article down. It was deleted. Wow. And that so is crazy. Oh, the other thing that happened that was great is somebody tweeted at Teen Vogue and was like, guys, what is this? And the Teen Vogue Twitter account tweeted back at this Twitter user uh, Did you say literally IDK? Like literally, literally IDK, I don't know. Literally, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> wow. So as like so a, the 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 Teen Vogue the, the the Twitter presence of Teen Vogue was like what the fuck is happening on Teen Vogue exactly and like uh. their former editors were like whatever like advertising is done to editorial like is messed up like editorial does great work this is horrible this is horrible this is horrible but like nobody knew what had happened okay. So what happened was, and this is according to Peter Kafka from Recode. He had a source who gave him the story. Um, what happened was, I guess like a year ago, Facebook had done sponsored some event for um, Teen Vogue. And there was supposed to be sponsored content associated with that event. But then Facebook had said, actually, we don't want you to do this. Because like usually it creeps people out. Like It doesn't persuade anybody. Everyone's just like, why are you hijacking my news source? So they'd be like, forget it. But then somebody in the advertising side at Teen Vogue had the piece written anyway. 
and then they put it into their CMS, like the tool that publishes their articles on the internet, and then just like left it there as a draft. And then months later, by accident, apparently, somebody was just like, oh, nobody publishes article. And they hit it. And <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, yes. No. It's so bad. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's what they say happened. I, what do you think of that? It feels dumb enough to be true to me. I know. Anytime there's like a, a thing happens and it's like, okay, either this is an organized conspiracy or somebody hit the wrong button, I always believe they hit the wrong button thing. I just, yeah. that's been my experience of life on earth. Hitting the wrong button. Is Hitting the wrong button. Yeah, people just yeah. make stupid mistakes. And like, this felt like a stupid mistake. I don't know, do you, Alex, do you buy it? As a person who's accidentally published an episode of our show. <laughs> <laughs> that was a test episode. Friendship Village. Friendship Village. I was making, I was running a test on the CMS and so I made a fake episode of the show that was called Friendship Village. It was just a copy of another episode we already had. <laughs> published. Thousands of people downloaded it. And we're like, what the hell is Friendship Village? Right. So I, I believe that pressing the wrong button feels very much within the realm of possibility. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Human error. Human error. So yeah. that's the that's like the first half. Like a story of weird, ham-fisted screw-ups that look like conspiracy but are in fact not conspiracy. Possibly, we think, maybe. Got it. Also, one thing to say is I'm pretty sure this tweet was posted as, you know, Teen Vogue was like in the midst of like publishing and unpublishing and messing with this article. Okay. Part two. Part two is very enjoyable. Just to remind people, the tweet again reads, the Teen Vogue article is going to come back as Troy Becker. So we've we've established what the Teen Vogue article is. Yeah. 15 minutes in, we're four words into the tweet. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, Troy Becker. Okay. So, Goldman, have you ever used Musical.ly? You mean TikTok? Yes. Yeah. But you never used it before it was TikTok? Uh, I knew about it before it was TikTok because there were like 13-year-old influencers who basically would just like lip sync to a song and then they'd get like 15,000 comments of people being like, he's so beautiful. <laughs> I can't believe it. I love him so much. What was the name of it? There's one in particular whose name I'm trying to remember, who for like a second was like the hottest. It's like the same name as every influencer. It's like Sebastian Shaw. So, Al, so just right. to make sure you understand this, uh, a few years ago, there was this app that became very popular among like young teenagers called Musical.ly. And the whole point of the app was just, you take a video of yourself lip syncing to a song. Mm -hmm. And that's it. You don't sing the song. It's lip just, sync. you just lip sync. Yeah. That makes sense to you? It doesn't make sense to me. No, I, it makes so much sense to me because, so, okay. <laughs> yes. How old I am. I am so old that I remember uh, a time in the West before karaoke. Uh, and I remember when karaoke first came to our shores. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought karaoke was always with us. No. I remember it too. <laughs> no. And, uh, and I remember people explaining karaoke to me and i remember the explanation like yeah they play the song but like the the words are taken out and so you sing the song and i was like oh that person's got it backwards like why would i want to hear myself singing the song it must just be that you lip sync the song because i would never want to hear myself singing somebody else's song but it would be fun to sort of lip sync the song and so for a long time before i had done karaoke i thought people were just like telling it to me wrong and then I went to my first karaoke bar, and then I saw people singing the words themselves. Yeah. And I was, like, so mad. 
I could not <laughs> believe. I was like, why do I want to listen to you mangle this song? Uh, and then... As I got really person, into it and started singing it myself, and then it was really fun. As a person who's done karaoke with you, can I just say how glad I am that it's not just lip syncing because of your beautiful singing voice? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, Musical.ly comes out. It doesn't make sense to me. It makes a lot of sense to you. It's the thing that you thought karaoke was. <laughs> that it should have been. <laughs> Finally. It's real karaoke. The karaoke we all wanted is here. And there's this guy named Paul Zimmer. He's in his 20s who becomes kind of like instantly like a huge star on musically like he amasses uh he starts in 2015 uh within two years he has uh seven million followers oh um and his videos are like very much like let me just show you one okay okay so he's like standing in in front of a like a, a blank white wall like probably in a bedroom or something like that he's like uh dancing at lip syncing and doing sort of sexy moves prancing back and forth he's got like these like frosted prancing <laughs> frosted tips he has uh, a big quaff of hair he has the highest hair of anyone I've ever seen in my life yeah now he's like showing his abs he does a little sh- shoulder shimmy he looks like yeah. a cute boy who works at the mall and like combs his hair a lot in my opinion also he doesn't have a lot of moves it's like he chooses hoodie string he puts his hand to his mouth like he's singing and then he touches his hair and then sometimes he kind of like mimes the words a little bit and that's it that's the whole thing and it's all in the same bedroom okay so that that is Paul Zimmer that is what 8 million people got really excited about they got 8 million people got excited about that that kid that kid yes wait actually sorry 7 million people that is wild that is that's so interesting that's sort of like that is like it's like literally it's a vehicle for Eighth grade popularity to go viral. Yes, Alex. Nothing. I'm just feeling um, the, my bubbling resentment for popular kids <laughs> did, in eighth grade coming you back. Just, you were just back in eighth grade. For a second. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, Baltimore. I've always been. I've always been like this, and they've always been like that, and I'll never forgive them for it. <laughs> so he becomes like huge on musically musically actually got bought renamed to tiktok so then he became immediately like as soon as tiktok launched he was like one of the biggest people on tiktok mm-hmm. he had a big instagram channel he had a big youtube channel and how old is he he's 24 now he looks younger right he looks a lot younger oh interesting okay so something that sort of surprised me about paul zimmer cuz he's like he comes across as like literally just a pretty face like he doesn't seem to have like a lot of personality but apparently he does these comedy videos um they're really bad though so like uh this is from the clip is actually from another youtuber making fun of him but it's paul zimmer the clip starts with him just like talking on the phone to a friend of his walking through what looks like a school yeah no for breakfast i just had some beans seriously so wait, the, the video was him saying on the phone, I just had some beans and then a fart sound? Yeah, there's a fart sound. Some passerby goes, seriously? And that's the whole video. You know, wow. in addition to always having resented popular people, <laughs> I've always found farts very funny. So I was totally fine with that. So he's, winning, he's winning you back with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but like, basically, you my... know, Paul Zimmer, you're all right. Maybe we're not that different after all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but his parts come out of a beautiful, popular butt, Alex. 
<laughs> now I'm mad again. My theory about him up to this point is he's just like one of those people who is very good looking, who kind of maybe on one hand understands that they're very good looking because like he's taking videos of his face every day, but in another way is like doesn't understand that like some of the privileges and ease of life that he's accrued has to do with his face. Like he posts these like completely unfunny comedy videos, but they get tons of views because people are like, oh, it's another Paul Zimmer thing, whatever. Right. Got it. So in 20... 2016, uh, Musically had launched this other app called Lively, where because the problem with having like seven million followers on Musically is there's no way to make money off of that really. Okay, but Lively came out and it was like you could your fans could buy these stickers for money. They could give you the stickers, then you got proceeds from the money. So it was a way to like hit up your fans. Gotcha. And Paul Zimmer started just charging people for like whatever he could think of. He was like, if you send me stickers, I'll like share your videos. I'll send you a DM. Just like. Any micro social interaction on the internet, he would monetize. Right. The problem is when people paid him to do those things, those people said that oftentimes he would just not do them. Oh. Like hundreds of people were saying this. Uh huh. And so his fans started getting very angry. There was like this whole like ban Paul Zimmer movement. Like he kind of like couldn't say anything without getting screamed at by like a horde of disappointed teenage girls. Got it. So like any reasonable adult, uh, he did the only thing that made sense, which is to completely flee the internet and stop posting completely. <laughs> Never to be heard from again. Um, really? Yeah. So he's gone? He's gone. Didn't apologize, just like left. Wow. Yes. That's actually sort of an unusual ending to that story. More unusual things will happen. <laughs> so uh, when was this? This was 2017. 2017. Like spring 2017. So, like, he is like a, a 21st century flim flam man who's like basically. He breezed into town, sold <laughs> a bunch of people town, his snake oil, sold a bunch of people his like uh, photo shares and DMs, and then picked up his stakes and uh, moved on. Yep, moved on. Okay. And then uh, two years later, uh huh, he makes another post. Okay. On Instagram. Um, I find this part very enjoyable. So, so October of 2019, he says, he posts a picture of himself and a picture of this actor. Mm -hmm. And the whole post is just like, doesn't this actor kind of look like me? <gasps> like he says, like, he says like, Hey, this actor, Troy, at Troy Becker, IG kid literally looks like a younger, sexier version of me. Uh, crying smiley face emoji. I don't even use social media anymore, but had to post this. Ha ha ha. And then he posts a side by side of them. This is Paul. This is the guy, Troy. <laughs> they're, the, they're the same person. They're exactly the same person. <laughs> I mean, Paul, he tried to make it them look as different as possible because the, the quote-unquote Paul photo is sort of like dimly lit and it's very like, it's a very candid photo. It's just like on a cell phone and he's like, he's got like a lot of um, stubble and he's like sort of like not as um, polished. Clean, polished. And then the Troy photo, the quote-unquote Troy photo <laughs> Is like very, it's like a headshot. It's got glam. It's got that sort of like um, spherical gray thing that they do in the background of like school photos. And it's like he's definitely got makeup on and like, but they're not even different enough. If, if but, Paul like, went into work obviously. one day and yes. Troy went in the next, nobody would be like, Did you get a haircut? Yeah, like, yeah. it's not different enough for the Did you get a haircut? <laughs> exactly. Well, because they didn't. <laughs> it's the same haircut. And then he, he, he makes another post where he says, Hey, it's Paul Zimmer. This is probably going to be my last social post ever. I've just come to a place in my life where being in the spotlight and being an entertainer is no longer my passion. Although it deeply saddens me to leave so bluntly, especially that so many of you have watched me for so many years. 
I didn't want my social media pages just sitting to die. So I've decided to give my social media accounts to Troy Becker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you guys are laughing at. <laughs> Subtle. This was in October? Wow. Yeah. Because he's one of the dopest people I know. And he's literally <laughs> my younger twin, my much younger twin. I believe Troy is 15 or 16 years old. Ha, 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 ha. So this is a 24-year-old man trying to convince people he's a 16-year-old boy. There's a certain kind of like... <laughs> There's a certain kind of internet scam where, like, it's so brazen that, like, I really, really... There was a... I feel like there was this heavy metal musician who was, like, doing a solo tour across Europe and basically, I feel like, made a bunch of fake accounts and, like, made up a fake agent. There was, like, this very he big thing. He convinced people that he was in a real band yeah. that had tons of, of listeners. Uh -huh. And then he would show up at these dates and he had, like, a face, like, fake, like, fan accounts and all this stuff. And then he would get himself booked and he would show up at venues and nobody would show up because his band didn't actually have any fans like it was just him and some musicians who he'd hired who didn't realize like what he was actually up to right it is that level of audacity like it just there are some people who really shoot the moon they're just like you know what i'm gonna wow. figure it out when i get there and like that that's wild. what this feels like to me do you guys want to meet troy becker you yes. want to see his introduction video yes hey what's up uh, my name is troy becker i'm an actor uh, Paul Zimmer reached out to me and asked to record a video because he says he really, really looks like me and he wanted to post it onto something called TikTok. So there you go, Paul Zimmer. Guys. Wait, he he's 15 or 16. Yeah. It's October of 2019 and he doesn't know what TikTok is. He doesn't know what TikTok is. There's also a lot of videos where he'll be like, he'll be like, Paul Zimmer says we really look alike, but I don't know. I don't really see it. <laughs> wow so everyone notices like everyone well notices. yeah yeah very, we're a very visual species <laughs> i love that he made the the plot problem of every of everything from like shakespeare to superman to three's company the fact that you that you can easily disguise yourself which in reality you can't do he took that problem and made it his like that was his plan. Yes. The other thing I want to say about this scam is that I kind of fell for a version of this like in my lifetime, uh, which is like when I was like a kid, I was like an extremely, extremely gullible child, like, mm -hmm. like really, really the most. Like one time at camp, uh, a bunch of kids told me there's a rumor going around that I wore diapers to camp and the only way <laughs> I could disprove the rumor was like pulling down my pants in front of everybody. <laughs> Super simple. Uh, I was like, well, I'm All not you have to stupid. Do to, yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> um, but when I was like 10, my my aunt and my cousin moved to Philly and they like stayed with us for a while while they were getting on their feet. And my cousin just like loved to tell me elaborate lies because I believed every single one of them. Right. And one day he came downstairs and I was like, hey, how's it going? And I said his name. He's like, that's not my name. And I was like, what? what? And he's like, my name's Jack the Bulldog. <laughs> and he told me that he was a man named Jack the Bulldog who looked exactly like my cousin, but it flushed my cousin down the drain. <laughs> and the only difference between my cousin and Jack was that Jack talked in an artificially gravelly voice and he wore sunglasses all the time. 
And I was like, but those are my sunglasses. <laughs> you really would have benefited from having an older sibling. <laughs> but you were like, but I guess it's true. I guess it's true. You know, I totally thought, I thought that a murderer lived in my house and then I couldn't tell anybody. How, old, how old were you? 10. Oh my God. Too old. That is so funny. But you know what? My son, who's nine and a half, would totally be the same way. Really? Like, oh yeah. I think there's something about... Um, uh, it's funny because I think you've overcompensated and now you're like <laughs> <laughs> shifty and skeptical, but probably there's something about like when you're young and you, and you have no instinct towards guile at all. Yeah. Like my son, it's baffling. Like why anybody would ever do that. Yeah. And, and I wonder if you were that kind of kid. I think so. Also, it's just like, if you love stories, you'll believe bullshit stories for a long time and then uh-huh. when you realize people make up bullshit stories you're like oh well that seems fun too yeah yeah i convinced my next door neighbor that there was a boy living in the walls of her house so really yeah when i was a kid i was probably couldn't have been older than nine because i moved when i was nine but it's like the only two kinds of kids are liars and chumps yeah. i know yeah. totally uh getting back to Paul zimmer so basically as soon as he posted that second quote-unquote troy becker post Everybody just started making fun of him. Like so, so okay, so we're, so okay, so so, so people, this does not go unnoticed. This is not going the, unnoticed. The uncanny resemblance. Every just, single time he tries to post anything as Troy, all these fans show up. Just like thousands of comments. Every single comment, either being like, "Dude," somebody was like, <laughs> "What was it like? You you are you're like the CEO of pretending to be somebody else." Um, or the other thing they'll do is they'll be like, they'll just quote back <laughs> Paul Zimmer lines for they'll be like. Man, Troy, you really look a lot like Paul Zimmer, like a younger, sexier Paul Zimmer. <laughs> so, like, does wow. not work remotely, and I don't know how it was supposed to work in his head. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what the plan even was. Oh, I thought the plan was like I will just be able to carry on. He wanted collecting to, money from the internet. He wanted this new person. He plan. wanted to Dick yeah. Whitman Don Draper scenario where he was going to yeah. take over that his life and just like he would have all of that person's accolades and needs and desires and be able to exploit their platform to get more money. Right. He no longer has the baggage. It's a rebrand. It was a rebrand. He, he no longer has the baggage yeah. of having not fulfilled all of those things that he got paid for yeah. companies get to do it all the time like yeah. they're like we're not cigarette death company anymore we're fresh air company now. <laughs> right but exactly. we sell cigarettes <laughs> we're not blackwater we're xe right there was ge financial that became ally bank yes. oh, i thought but, ally bank was a new bank no I so did I. bank was uh that was the rebrand they did a good job they were one of the most uh, bailed out banks of the, of the financial crisis <laughs> really ally bank is no longer it, it sounds friendly it does. Exactly. they're your allies <laughs> exactly i'm like what and, kind of idiot would fall for this thing that i definitely fell for <laughs> also the rebrand is like i also wondered why i was like i've never heard of this bank why do they buy so much advertising on it on npr yeah. yeah yes exactly also the rebrand yes. like visually it's like purple it's got like this sort of like moderny look to it, it there's like not a younger like a, version they're like a younger G sexier financial. version of g financial <laughs> no it's G, uh, wait, hold on one second. It's G, is it G or GM? Hold on. Yeah, Ally Bank was like the GMAC, which was the, the financial arm of GM, General Motors. God. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So in Troy Becker's case, uh, he was, I think he was just trying to like just smile through all this. And then this journalist uh, for the New Statesman wrote just like a huge piece. That's the reason I know about this. Uh-huh. Um, and after that, he shut down everything <laughs> like troy becker seems to have disappeared as thoroughly as paul zimmer did before him got it and i mean that'll probably be it until troy becker notices that there's a musician who looks a lot <laughs> like him who's a little bit younger and sexier 
and decides out of the goodness of his heart to hand over his accounts to him. <laughs> That's amazing. Alex Bloomer, do you want to try to go back and uh, explain this tweet to us? Yes, I do. Okay, so this tweet, uh, the tweet again, Dave Jorgensen tweeted this. The Teen Vogue article is going to come back as Troy Becker. Okay. So the idea is basically uh, there was an article posted on Teen Vogue that looked suspiciously like sponsored content. They took it down and it was caused a little bit of a brouhaha. That's the Teen Vogue part. And then there's this, the Troy Becker part is there was this um, TikTok star named Paul Zimmer who made a bunch of promises that he didn't deliver on. His fans got really, really mad at him. He disappeared, then came back months later. Years later. Years later. Years year, later. Years later. It took him years to hatch this plan. <laughs> Good God. Anyway, and then he came back years later saying like, I found this guy who looks a lot like me, except he's just younger and handsomer. Um, and he's going to take over my account. <laughs> See you guys later. And then the, the new guy was named Troy Becker. The new guy, air quotes, new guy was named Troy Becker. And then he looked exactly like the old guy, Paul Zimmer, and everybody on the internet noticed and um, and was like, you're the same person. Yes. All right. Okay. Are we at yes, yes, yes? Yes. I understand. I also understand 100%. All right. I think we're at yes, yes, yes. Coming up after the break, more yes, yes now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can upgrade your home with up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages from top brands like Maytag. Enhance your kitchen with the exclusive Maytag French door refrigerator and fingerprint-resistant stainless steel only at the Home Depot. And with dual power filtration on the Maytag Tall Tub dishwasher, you can skip soaking and scrubbing. Right now, get Memorial Day savings up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Pricing valid May 16th through June 5th. U.S. only. See store online for details. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Essentia is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 
Uh, Alex, you have another tweet for us? I do. I have another tweet. It's from a Twitter user named John Cardillo. And um, the tweet goes like this. Hashtag moves like Bloomberg gate whistleblower at Nick Cirelli deserves our support. Parentheses, best controversy I've seen in a while. And parentheses, hashtag moves like Bloomberg. Hashtag drop out Bloomberg. <laughs> Do you feel implicated by this? <laughs> No. It's a different spelling of Bloomberg, I think. <laughs> but it's got a bunch of retweets, a bunch of likes, and I'm, I don't, I don't know, it, it, what's going on here? Uh, so, PJ Vote, do you understand this tweet? I do. Alex Bloomberg, do you understand this tweet? No. I was going, do you understand this tweet? I do. All right. We're back where we're supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it starts with Pete Buttigieg, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Do you know about the Mayor Pete dance? The Mayor Pete dance? Yeah, you know about Pete Buttigieg, right? I know about Pete Buttigieg. Ma- Mayor Pete? I, I did not know he had a dance, though. Oh, he does. Oh. Okay. This is exciting. Can I do it? Do you? It's like it's like this. Wait, can you put on the song, High Hopes? Yeah, this, okay. So the dance is to the panic of the disco song, High Hopes. Which right? I'd never heard before the Mayor Pete dance. Oh, yeah, no, I know this because my kids like it. What, Gotta the song, High, High Hopes? So just so you know, like... Yeah. This is a thing that the Mayor Pete campaign thought would be like a great motivator for Mayor Pete uh-huh. campaign volunteers, right? Yeah, like when they're like out in the field, they're feeling bored or like uh-huh. when they need to get like fired up before a meeting, like they play this song and they do the dance that Alex is about to do for you. You know how to do the dance fully? Oh, I've watched the videos of this so many Wait, times. Wait, it's like a line dance? It's like the it's like a slider da- thing? It's a dance that's simple enough that you can pick it up after I would call it a it sub Macarena Macarena. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ready? okay, okay, okay. I've got Panic at the Disco. Can I just preface by saying that, like, my mom, her entire life has done a dance that is specifically designed to embarrass me in public, mm. and it is remarkably close to Mayor Pete dance. Okay, okay. you're going to do it. Bloomberg can describe what's happening. All right. <laughs> All right. In one, two, three... Showtime. <laughs> so it's just like, oh my. So it's just like, it's just like in a quadrant, you're, you're, the hands move in the four quadrants. High, high, low, low. And they do, sometimes they point, sometimes they do the, like, we're moving wheelie motion. Sometimes they clap. It's just like, you're just you going, push your high, hands high, up. high, 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 down, 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 down. Up right, up right. It's like YMCA a little bit. It's sort it's of like, like YMCA. You're... But there are videos of of Mayor Pete volunteers Here, in great big lines. Yeah, yeah. Check great this out. Big oh, groups doing what? It. Hold on. This is them. This is them doing it at lunch break at the hashtag Pete Summit, in just like a drab hotel oh. conference room. Oh my god. Oh my god. Everybody, they, there's, it's like literally like just like picture the drabest conference room with like this chairs and the po- the raised podium and like the lanyards and all the people sitting there and then all of a sudden they're standing up and doing this dance. It looks like an it's S wild. meeting or something. It does. It looks really creepy. It looks like um, <laughs> when I took Calvin to the basketball game and they, they saw the, the cheerleaders come out and do their routines, he was looking at it and he was just like, Daddy. It's pleasing to the eye to see people doing the same thing all at the same time. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you nailed that. But, uh, <laughs> but it is pleasing in some situations, but then it's also creepy in some situations. And so like that and like North 
Korean political rallies. It's like really creepy to yeah. see people doing the same people doing the same thing in unison. It feels like forced fun. Yeah. I wonder what the political calculus of that kind of thing is. It feels to me a little bit like there's so much grassroots support to this that everybody knows that they can spontaneously break out into a into a choreographed dance. I was listening to Pod Save America and they were talking about it and they were like it was funny because I think they're trying not to side with any of the Democratic candidates in the primary season. So they're like, we're not trying to say anything bad about Mayor Pete. The dance is really nerdy. And then one dude was like, well, if you've ever like door knocked or like done grassroots stuff, it's just really, really boring and soul sucking. And it's so, like yeah. anything you can do to just like, here's the fun thing we do. Like you're just constantly trying to make people more energetic. And so he saw it as just like that. That it's not, it's not for Twitter, even though they're putting it on Twitter, but it's like just like a rah, rah, let's go get them. I don't know, man. If I were doing that, I just wouldn't let it end up on the internet. But I also, like, I'm coming across snarkier about this than I want to, actually, because, like, I'm glad that they those people are dancing in that conference room. Yeah, so, but people made fun of this. And I think also part of the reason people made fun of this is, like, Mayor Pete, he, he doesn't do well on Twitter. Like, the world of Twitter, at least the Twitter that I see, is, like, conservatives who obviously aren't going to, like, a Democratic presidential candidate. But then people, if they're on the left, they tend to be, like, far on the left. Right. And he's kind of seen as like insufficiently progressive and insincere and dweeby. Right. And so the dweeby dance kind of plays into that. Right. And so people were like, there were lots of videos of people just doing the dance, um, but they were like, they were pretending that they thought it was cool, but they didn't think it was cool. Right. There was a lot of people doing the dance to just like different songs. um, And it's just sort of funny under any song but it works under almost any song mm-hmm. um but it was it was like a cycle it was like i think they started posting the dance online in september and like it felt like september through the winter there was a lot of making fun of this okay and then michael bloomberg enters a presidential race no relation no relation different spelling um and he is kind of disliked actually in a similar way to mayor pete on like progressive twitter you know mm-hmm. he's a billionaire he was really into stop and frisk. It's like this is not this is not who a lot of people want. Um, so, th- so there's a comedian named Nick Sorelli posts the following tweet, uh, a tweet that has two thousand seven hundred twenty one retweets. Um, Look out hashtag Team Pete because us Bloomberg heads have our own dance taken at the Mike Bloomberg rally in Beverly Hills. Hashtag Bloomberg twenty twenty. Hashtag moves like Bloomberg. <laughs> One important thing to know before you see this video <laughs> is that at the time he made this tweet, he had changed his Twitter avatar to look like a young political aide and uh-huh. changed his Twitter bio to say that he worked for the Bloomberg campaign. So okay. he tweets this out. Okay, you ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay, do you want to describe what you've seen? (laughs) So it was like, it looked like, it looked like sort of like a studio audience. Like when they like pan the camera and you're looking at it, it's like a bunch of people in sort of a narrow or darker room. It's not like a conference room. They're they're on bleachers. They're on bleachers. Like, yeah, they're on bleachers in a smaller room. There's a whole bunch of them. And they're like, the song's playing and the first move. And it's like the same thing. It's like, move to the right, move to the left, down low, down low, up high, up high. Same sort of like, it's the same sort of thing, except they instead end of what they're the... doing, is they're like, sort of like doing this finger waggy thing. It's where kind of a disco point. It's like a disco point, but it also seems like, uh, 
shame, 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 shame. All of it. <laughs> like with this finger, it's just like you and you and you and you and you in a sort of a finger waggy way. Yeah. And then at the end, they do the thing where you the, hold your nose and pretend to go underwater. Can and I then, just can yeah. I just say that when I first saw this, I was completely taken in and I went into the group chat that I'm in and was like, guys, you will not believe this and posted it. And they were like, yeah, but it's a joke. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm an idiot. I would. Have, the only reason I didn't fall for it, honestly, is because the place where they recorded it is Upright Citizens Brigade LA Theater, and I've been there. Oh. Right. I just recognize the room. It was so fully it lo- on that a- Uncanny Valley satire line. The other thing that sort of makes it convincing is that the demographics of the people at this comedy show, which are like young, pretty male, pretty white, mm-hmm. look like how you would imagine people working on the Bloomberg campaign. Right. But everybody, everybody, everybody fell for it. Like, oh, really? Everybody fell for it. Like, uh, besides Alex Goldman... Just like all these journalists and writers who work on the internet and are like good at reading the internet, like Jeet here, Hunter Walker just said, quote, Bloomberg heads because they refer themselves as Bloomberg heads in Beverly Hills. Uh, um, even yeah. Maggie Haberman tweeted Whoa. it. She put a question mark on it, but she tweeted it. Uh-huh. So just like everybody, everybody thing, fell for it. Everybody fell for it. But so the next thing that happens. Okay. Team Bloomberg campaign uh-huh. has to do something. Yes. And they try to do something in like a good spirited, we're not mad way. Uh-huh. So they tweet, to clarify, at Nick Sorelli is not an intern for our campaign and he does not have moves like Bloomberg. Nick, apply to work for us here. And then there's a link to where you can work for the campaign. Got it. Fine. And then Nick does Little. Nick does an incredible, just like a tiny bit of world building. Yes. That do you remember the tweet? so much better. I don't. He says, wait, are you firing me? <laughs> So then Nick tweets, as a creator of hashtag moves like Bloomberg, I disavow it and the Mike Bloomberg presidential campaign. Read the truth about the dance here. Hashtag drop out Bloomberg. <laughs> and then there's a tweet where he says, I have plenty more to share, but what people are saying is true. The moves like Bloomberg dance was orchestrated. Drop out Bloomberg. And then he has a note, like a fake email that says budget to pay dancing actors. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nick. I've just received approval from On High for you to hire 50 to 60 actors to pose as supporters during the moves like Bloomberg dance you choreographed. <laughs> we want to create the impression that enthusiastic young people are excited about Mike, and they came up with the infectious dance spontaneously. We've blocked out eight hours for you to rehearse with actors next week, and we can allot $20 an actor. They must all sign NDAs. Also, unrelated, we are discontinuing your gas stipend as part of the all-around <laughs> crunch that's been happening. Brad Evans, social media coordinator, Bloomberg 2020. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, like, I think at this point, like, most journalists realize uh-huh. they've been trolled, except for the right. Like, Breitbart writes a story about it. They're like, the Bloomberg campaign made this super embarrassing video, and then they fired the guy who made it. Oh, my God. There's certain corners of, like, alt-right internet that love the idea that, or they, they like, often whenever there's signs of, like, progressive grassroots support, they're like, they're paid, they're crisis actors, whatever. Right, right, right. And it's just, like, so served right at their existing beliefs. Uh-huh. So Seb Gorka tweets, apparently not a parody. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. favorites the tweet with the, like, crisis actor email in it. So, okay, so that's the full, that's, like, the full troll of it. Um, okay. John Cardillo, who did the tweet, he's he's sort of, like, a fixture on conservative, on, like, alt-right internet. Mm-hmm. He's this... He used to be in the NYPD, which he talks about constantly. And the thing he's kind of famous for is, uh, in response to this like protest in the city, he posted a picture of himself on Twitter pointing a gun at the camera, 
essentially threatening any protesters who came near him. Got it. Okay. Charmer. Um, mm-hmm. He was one of the, I think, early wave people. Like, like at the point he's tweeting about this, he believes that the Bloomberg team has fired their crisis actors and their crisis actors have fully gotten rope. So the John Cardillo tweet is, uh, he's in the midst of, this is during the action and he believes that the Moves Like Bloomberg thing is real. Yes. And And that the dropout Bloomberg thing is real. I mean, it's like, what would be more fun than somebody you politically disagree with being so unpopular, they hired actors to pretend to support them, but then were so cheap that they didn't pay the actors enough and like the thing backfires and the actors are like going public because they don't care about 20 bucks an hour and telling everybody what happened. Right. It's like a very enjoyable fiction. That would be, yes, yes, that would be. Um, got it. I think we are at yes, yes, yes. So, all right. So, uh, the street again, hashtag moves like Bloomberg gate whistleblower at Nick Cirelli deserves our support. Parentheses, best co- controversy I've seen in a while. Hashtag moves like Bloomberg. Hashtag dropout Bloomberg. I now know that this tweet is not a joke, but a sincere expression of feeling on Twitter by this guy, John Cardillo, who is a um, conservative right-wing person um, who's rooting against the Democrats generally and rooting against Mayor Bloomberg in this particular instance um, because he believes this uh, controversy that this guy Nick ginned up about Mike Bloomberg and his awkward dance. But it was just a joke. Okay. I think we're yes, yes, yes. Yes, we are. Yeah. One last thing before we go. Okay. Alex? Ugh. What? You want to dance us out? <laughs> no! <laughs> Come on, buddy. No. What? I'll do it with you. I'll play a song you might like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he can't resist the music. <laughs> wow. Those are some moves. Also, this is a synthesizer song that Alex Goldman wrote. <laughs> yeah, I made this song. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Reply All is hosted by me, PJ Vote, and Alex Goldman. We're produced by Shruti Pinamaneni, Fia Benin, Damiana Marchetti, Anna Foley, Jessica Young, and Emmanuel Jochi. Our executive producer is Tim Howard. We're mixed by Rick Kwan. Fact-checking by Michelle Harris. Our intern is Rachel Cohn. Oh, one final announcement. Next Tuesday, we are going to be taking phone calls again. If you have a technical problem that you would like solved or a technical question you would like answered, give us a call. The phone number is 862-367-9356. We're going to be there from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. The theme song to our show is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Our ad music is by Build Buildings. Matt Lieber is a part of the year where the days finally start getting longer again. You listen to the show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.